Welcome to episode, fuck, what number is it? <laughs> 63, I think. Okay, let's try that. <laughs> I, got all, I got all ready and everything, too. <laughs> got all primed and get, did like the announcer voice. Okay, try again. <laughs> all right. Welcome to episode 63 of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we're playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on December 18th, 2017. My name is Brad Galloway, editor at GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here's show with me, as always, Corey Motley, staff writer at GameCritics. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing crazy. So, heads up, folks. <laughs> um, just full disclosure, this is going to be an, <clears throat> uh, an irregular unusual mostly unscripted episode um i think Corey and i are both kind of getting caught up in the holiday scheduling time is kind of short schedules are wacky things are kind of here or there we talked about this earlier and uh, asked for your patience and bearing with us as we kind of like put shows out randomly i mean we're still committed to doing one a week and we are i i gotta say i'm giving us a pat on the back dude because with the way our schedules have been going i think it would have been totally fine to skip a week but i am very proud that we have not skipped a week so um, today we are both running a little ragged, especially me. I actually just got back from work, literally just walked in the door. Uh, this is the only window that we have to record. So we're just going to do it real quick. Um, do not have a script prepared. Do not have a bunch of topics. We're going to just roll with it and see what happens. So, um, if you're like one of those listeners that just fucking can't stand the banter and likes the order of the beginning of the show, uh, you may want to skip this one. This might be kind of <laughs> rambly, might be kind of wandering, um, but that's just, what we're doing tonight because that's that's the time we have and that's how prepared we are so if you don't like those rambly shows maybe skip this one come back next week uh but otherwise stick with us and we will do our best to provide you some entertainment as we usually do uh how's that sound Corey? that sounds like a plan all right cool um i'm gonna gather my notes real quick you got anything you want to kick off with uh like banter wise or like video game wise anything man anything it's all it's all it's all good this week Uh, no holds barred up for grabs Whatever you like. Um, well, I have, <clears throat> I have kind of a big, uh, like, uh, banter thing to talk about, and I don't know. Like, do you want me to like unleash that now, or do you want to talk about it later? Um, I'm. Do you have any games to talk about? I mean, I don't know. Should we Should we stick with the regular? Whatever. Fuck it. Whatever. This is <laughs> whatever. This week's show is this week's show. Talk about whatever you like. I don't care. Um, well, I mean, the only game I, I've been playing a little bit of video games, not very much. I finished Black Mirror, but I don't really want to talk about it on the show because I've already talked about it twice, and I feel like I've talked about most of it. And I've wait, wait one question, little... one question, one question. What? What? Did the story hold up? Was it good at the end? Um, the story was all right. It wasn't like it didn't go any like mm, like super duper like. Like, wow, places. And honestly, the family tree of the main character kind of got so, like, tangled. And because I played it over several sittings instead of, like, uh, like you know, maybe in, like, two or three nights, I kind of, like, forgot who people were by the time I was getting to the end of the oh, game, which was a little hey, bit unfortunate. when that happens, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and part of it was my fault because, like, I played it for a couple of hours, and then, like, two nights later, I played it for, like, an hour, and then I, like, went out of town and came back, and I played it for an hour, and then, like, three nights later, I played it for an hour. So I think if I had played it more consistently in a smaller pocket of time, I, I maybe would have been able to handle the story a little bit more, um, 
but uh, I mean, that's not to say that it's bad or anything. Like it's uh, it's definitely um, you know a dialogue driven story um, because the beginning is a lot more puzzle focused. But I noticed as you get farther in the game or like deeper into the game, it actually gets less uh, puzzle e and just becomes more of like a exploration and talk to people kind of thing so which isn't necessarily like you know a good or bad thing it's just kind of the way the game goes um but uh i mean it wrapped up i wasn't like mad at the end of it i think it it has some like supernatural stuff going on but it reels it in enough like it's not you know the floodgates don't open and it's not like you know fucking ghosts and shit like all over the place like totally messing with the timeline and making things weird like i feel like it was supernatural enough without being like super duper over the top and ridiculous. Um, and plus, I mean, it's a remake of an old game, so I haven't played the old one, but I don't like, I don't know how many, like if they could really take any like big story liberties with it or anything. So, I mean, it seems like, um, I mean, it was fine. Like it was fine. It's if I had to give it a score right now out of 10, I'd probably give it like a six or a six and a half. I mean, ah, it's like, man, I am awesome. I am the best editor. Cause I was listening to you talk and I'm like, He's going to say six. I know he's going to say six. That's how well I know you. That's how well I know my job. I am the best editor ever. Six. Yes. So, Excellent. and I, uh, and I've mentioned this before, but I will be reviewing this for game critics. I have not even sat down for two seconds to start writing out a review for it, but I will, um, probably whenever I get back from Christmas break, um, I will sit down, write the review. So, um, if I know I've talked about it a lot on the show, but if anybody is, um, interested in reading the review, it'll be up probably in like, I don't know, like a few weeks or something. Cause I'm not really going to rush to write it. Cause I've got a lot of shit going on. Um, the other game I've played a little bit is reigns her majesty. Uh, are you familiar with the original reigns on iOS Brad? Yeah, I did play the original reigns. I heard a million people like gushing over it. And so I checked yeah. it out. Um, and it was, I, I played it for like a day or two and I got just really bored of it. Like I couldn't, I didn't like actually finish it. Apparently you can finish it, I guess, but um, it was okay. It was all right. I didn't think it was great as, as other people did, but I thought it was pretty cool um, for a day or two. Tell us real briefly, Corey, for people who don't know what it is, you want to give us a recap and then tell us about this new one? Uh, I will. Um, so Reigns is an iOS game. It probably came to Android at some point, but I haven't really looked it up to see. I'm sure it did. Um, it came out last year. It is a, I, I, it took me a really long time to figure this out, but Reigns is actually like kind of like a roguelike, I mean, in a way, like, would you agree with that or would you disagree with that? Um, I think there are rogue light elements, although, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, though, like, as it's because I think to me in my mind, roguelike, if you want to be traditional and, and strict about it. Roguelike are the games where, like, when you die, everything is sent back to zero and that's it. Like, you don't get nothing. But rogue lights, which I generally prefer these days, are ones where maybe your character goes back to the start. Maybe you lose your items. Maybe you go back to level zero or one or whatever. But something will, like, unlock. Like, you'll unlock new weapons. Uh, you know, maybe some shortcuts will be opened. Or, like, something will be... Um, what is the word I'm looking for? I am blanking. Permanent, durable, what, that's not the right word. Persistent, that's what it is. Thank you. Thank you, me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think rogue lights have some persistence, and I think ro rogue likes do not. So I think, I mean, tell me, I haven't played it in a while. I mean, do you think it's more of a rogue light then? Uh, yeah, that sounds comparable because the whole point of Reigns, I should probably explain what it is. It is a game where you play as, uh, the first one you play as a king of, um, like, a 
I guess, like a city or something. I can't remember what era it's in, but it's like really old, like olden days, like, um, you know, like King Arthur or something. And you you start as uh, as a king, and basically the entire game is you looking at little, like kind of like little cards, and someone from the court or the community or the church will ask you a question or they'll prompt you in some way. And you play the game. A lot of people call it, it's kind of like a Tinder kind of thing. Like, like Tinder, if you're not familiar, is a dating app where you swipe left and right to say if you like want to match or unmatch with somebody based on their profile. And this game is kind of like that. Like a, someone in the area will approach you with something. They'll either give you a prompt or ask you a question or something. And if you slide the card left, you can say one thing. And if you slide the card right, you can say a different thing. And you can look at what the options are uh, before you swipe so you don't have to, like, commit. But usually it's like a yes or no kind of thing. And the game is very charming. It's really goofy. The dialogue is pretty funny. It's kind of a silly game. Like, it's not, like, super serious. And as you make decisions, you have four meters at the top of the screen. One is for the church. Uh, one is for, um, like, uh, I think it's, like, the people's satisfaction. Uh, one is for your army, and one is for, like, the treasury, like, how much money you have. And each decision you make will make those meters uh, rise or lower, depending on what you make. Like, say, if a church person comes to you and says something like, oh, we need to build a new tower for the church, and you can say yes or no. Like, if you say no, obviously the church meter is going to go down a little bit, and if you say yes, it'll go up a little bit. And maybe, like, if you say yes, the church meter will go up, but the treasury meter will go down because it costs money, you know, to build um, to build the tower. So it's almost a little bit like The Sims, where you have to, like, keep all of those four, um, you know, attributes in mind as you make the decisions that you make and as you, like, wade through what people are saying. And if any of those meters gets completely filled or completely drained, usually you die in some way. And usually they're very comical, like silly deaths. But whenever you die, you just start the you start the game over. Like the timeline keeps going. Like say it'll be like I don't know, like seventeen seventy five, or it's I mean it's way earlier than that. Uh, can I, but can like, I just stop you for a second though? I gotta yeah. I gotta I gotta get something on my chest, Corey. One of the things oh, that really pissed okay. me off about this game, the first one. <laughs> is like I can understand letting the meters get down. Like if somebody's totally unhappy with you, they cause a revolt or something. Like I get that, but like it made no sense to me, and it really frustrated me that you had to like stop the meters from getting too high. Also, it's like, oh, I'm super rich. That seems like it's a good thing, but then all of a sudden it's like somebody turns on you and you die. Or if it's like if the church gets too happy, then someone else. It's like, it, but if it's all good, like if it's going up, that shouldn't be a bad thing. But I guess they just, I mean, I guess the point of it is just to keep all of the, the different forces in the kingdom, like, perfectly balanced so that everybody's equally happy and miserable. It just seemed weird to me that, like, you would get too rich or, like, the food would be too plentiful and then all of a sudden that would be, like, a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, it kind of seems silly, but, I mean, at the same time, like, if I had the option to murder every ultra-rich person, person in the United States, I would. So, like, you know, there's that. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's Ooh, it got like... dark for a second there. Ooh. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of silly because you would ordinarily think of, like, you know, having the most money being, like, a good thing or having, like, all, like, the people that live in your court being happy being a good thing. But uh, one thing that uh, the new one reigns her majesty kind of does like the death that I get the most often. And maybe this is just because I'm such a great people person. Not really is, uh, whenever my people happiness meter gets too high, um, the death that I usually get is one where it's like, Oh, like a crowd of fans rushed the castle and everybody wanted your autograph and wanted to like kiss your hand. But they ended up like 
it's something about like they stampeded in and like ended up accidentally killing you because they love you so much like they like i guess maybe it's like a black friday sales kind of thing where everybody's so happy that it's like rushing to the kingdom and they end up like trampling you which i think is kind of funny but after i get that death a certain amount of times i'm like really like is this really what's happening here but uh but the game overall it has like a lot of um very tricky things like you have to remember a lot about like say like the court jester will say a thing and you have to remember like okay i need to say this thing to him to unlock this thing and there's a lot of like levels to it where and a lot of repetition where you have to remember how to get certain places and the people approach you at random every time you play so it's not always the same people in the same question order they really um throw stuff at you randomly so it's not like the exact same path every time but you do die and start over every time and, uh, I mean, it's possible that you could die after only serving for, like, five years, and sometimes you can end up serving for, like, 60 years or, you know, a lot of years, depending on how, uh, on how good you are at answering the questions and what order of the questions you get and just, like, how you rule. And largely, the second game is basically the same thing. Um, the big difference is that you're a queen instead of a king, which is really cool. Um, so it's, like, you have to there's some stuff in the second game where you have to kind of like deal with the king and you know, you have to basically be like, um, like the responsible woman in the room who like takes care of business because all the men are being idiots. And there's like a lot of, a, a little bit of that stuff going on in the game, but it's largely the same. It's like you're a queen in a Victorian era instead of an earlier era. And it's, I mean, it's basically the same. You have like, you swipe back and forth to answer questions. There's a lot of silly characters uh, within the area. You still have the same four meters to uh, to keep in balance. Uh, the Probably the biggest difference in the second one, other than uh, just being a woman, is the fact that she has like a purse and she can hold items. And you can use the items at any time. And I haven't quite figured out like when is the most appropriate time to use things because she has like a sexy perfume in her purse. And I think you can drag the perfume up and like spray it on someone when they're talking to you and it'll make them fall in love with you and i haven't used it as much as i should because there's um i just always forget about using those things because they weren't really in the first game but that's kind of cool because it gives like an added layer of like can i use this thing on this person and what will happen uh whereas in the first game you would like get items every once in a while but you didn't really use them they were more just like buffs for your character um, but I think, uh, I think that's it. I really like it. Um, it's really fun. It's really funny. It's really silly. Um, it's easy to play on the go. Usually I just play it before bed. Like when I get in bed, I play like a few rounds and, um, and that's it, I think. Well, so this brings a couple things to mind. I mean, it sounds fine. And I thought, you know, I thought the first one was fine. Like, I mean, it's not a bad game at all, but the thing that kind of got me was like, uh, after I would die from some stupid thing, which I didn't you know, felt like resentful about because, you know, whatever. Um, I had to go through like a lot of the same events over and over and it got kind of boring. Like, are you so far noticing you have to repeat a lot of the same stuff over and over and over? Uh, yeah. I mean, you get a lot of the same prompts. They're just not in the same order. Oh, okay. And then the other thing is like something about me personally, especially this year that I've noticed, and I don't know if this is true for you or not, but I, I'm starting to notice and maybe it's just you know, because I've been playing games for so long, maybe because I've been doing reviews for so long. I don't know. But it's like I'm starting to just like totally lose interest in like sequels. And I, I, <laughs> I, I've i always been the kind of gamer that likes something new. I like to explore and discover and, um, you know, see what something is about and kind of pick it apart. But like once 
developers kind of go back to the well, it's pretty rare, I'm finding, um, especially recently, that I will be as uh, interested, that I will get as much enjoyment. Usually I'm just like, oh, I really liked this last time, but now I'm kind of getting bored of it, and I don't really feel like playing it again. Um, so I, I don't know that that was really a problem for me when I was younger, but I think it's definitely a problem now, and I'm noticing that, like, sequels to games that I really enjoyed, I'm just like, I kind of don't care. So, um, I mean, it sounds like from what you're describing is basically just like the exact same game plus like the purse mechanic. I mean, is it, it's essentially the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, there's not really like a whole lot of new stuff going on here. All right. Okay, so I'm going to scratch this on my list. I'm going to skip it because I didn't even finish the first one, so probably shouldn't buy the second one. But what do you think about sequels, man? Like, are you are you in that way? Are you finding you have less interest in sequels? Or have you played many sequels? Or not sure? Or what do you think? It really depends on the game itself. Because um, some sequels, like, like, probably a good example recently is Wolfenstein. Like, I, it took me a long time to get into uh, Wolfenstein, The New Order, um, but once I did, I really liked it, and I played the DLC, and I really liked it. And but whenever Wolfenstein Two came around, which just came out like you know a month or two ago, um, I, it was that was like I wasn't into it enough to be super like entranced by Wolfenstein Two. And I mean, I played the whole thing, and it was like fine, but that's all it was. Like it was just fine because it was just more of the same. But in other situations, like with like Dishonored Death of the Outsider, which came out recently. Um, I really enjoyed Dishonored Death of the Outsider. And I mean, that's also given like Dishonored is much more of my kind of game than Wolfenstein is because it's all about, you know, sneaking and uh, being stealthy or being, you know, I was going to say guns blazing, but like swords blazing, if there is such a thing. Um, <laughs> and, um, and you know, like making your decisions and pl plotting out how you want to do missions and stuff. Whereas Wolfenstein is just like you shoot a bunch of people and the game's over. Um, but like, I really like Death of the Outsider. I really like Dishonored 2. So if it's like, I don't know, it really just depends. Like sometimes if it's a series that I really love or if they've like innovated it in some way, then... Um, then I will sort of like re-fall in love with it. But sometimes if it's just, I mean, I don't know, that's tough. Cause sometimes if it is just more of the same, I still love it. But if I didn't, I don't know, uh, man, I'm talking in circles. This is really like a case by case basis, I think. Yeah, I hear you. And you know, I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm laying it down, like no more sequels for me ever. I mean, I'm sure that's not going to be true. <laughs> I just noticed that this year I would just was like really um, not interested in anything that I had, that I had played before. Uh, and, you know, maybe part of that is because maybe some of these games are not iterating enough, but I just noticed just like mentally, like I just kind of didn't care. So I'm going to have to keep an eye on that and see how that goes. Um, maybe I just will, maybe I will rule all sequels off because there's so many games out. I mean, you could, you could easily play an entire year's worth of games and never touch a sequel. I mean, there's no shortage of titles out there. So, I mean, that shouldn't really be a problem, but I just noticed like when stuff was, um, popping up for me, I'm like, eh, just, I'd rather move on to something else. So anyway, we, we shall see how that goes. I, I have a couple games to talk about, actually, um, if you were done with uh, Reigns there. Uh, yeah, I mean, Black Mirror and Reigns are literally the only things I've been playing this week, so my game's chat is over in, like, record time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a couple things to chat about before we talk about rando stuff. Um, I was playing Gora Goa today on the Switch. Have you heard of this game, Corey? 
I wish you could have seen the facial expression I made whenever you said the title of that game, because I have no, I have no clue what this is. <laughs> uh, apparently, it's been out on PC. I don't know if it's been out for a while or if it was recent. I don't know a whole lot about this game. Uh, all I do know is that uh, it was made by one guy, and apparently it was like a seven-year labor of love or something like that, which is, you know, impressive. Like, you know, before saying anything else about this game, I just want to respect the fact that, like, a person can like have this dream and have this goal and work towards it like for so long and just be dedicated and really, you know, I mean, that's, that's a long time, seven years or nine years or whatever the case may be is such a long time. And, you know, so many people give up on things and never really make their dreams come true when all you really need to do is just buckle down and go for it. And this guy went for it. So like, regardless of anything else I say, I mean, I want to give full props because I think that's really impressive. My um, uh, my spidey sense is tingling that you're about to talk some massive shit on this game now. Not, not massive shit. Not, <laughs> let me let me explain. Let me explain what it is first. Let me explain what it is first. So it is a very hard game to describe. It's on the Switch right now. It's also on PC, I believe. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but so it's kind of like it's almost like a walking simulator, but like you don't walk, you just play puzzles almost. So. I cannot tell you what the story is about because I don't know. I don't understand what the story <laughs> is. Um, you you are just doing puzzles, but the screen is divided into quadrants. There are four squares on the screen, and each screen can have a picture. Sometimes the pictures move, sometimes they don't. A lot of the pictures feature a guy who is thinking about things. He's like studying a book, and he's like thinking about, like a thought bubble will be over his head, and he'll be thinking about... Uh, I don't know, like a tree or about a star or whatever. And so you're like, okay, he's thinking about this thing. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know exactly what he's thinking about, but whatever. So you just kind of roll with it. So what happens is you, you poke the picture and like sometimes you can go like deeper into the picture. Like you can go into the background and then the background becomes a new picture and you can keep going like again. And, and then the background of that background becomes a new picture. So there are like multiple levels to most of these pictures and sometimes there's also like a left and a right to the picture. So what you see in that square is not necessarily all that there is of the picture. So each quadrant can have potentially its own picture. So imagine four different pictures, each one with like multiple levels to it and like, you know, sides and back and forth and everything. And then you're kind of poking around to see what you can do. Um, it's not ex it's not exactly clear like what's going on at first. You're just like, well, this I mean, it looks pretty. The drawings are really beautiful. They're all like hand drawn, and the guy can clearly draw. Um, the colors are nice. It looks like a children's storybook, actually. Like if this was a book for kids, totally could imagine seeing this at Barnes and Noble or something. Like it seems like it would be publishable as a book. Um, so you just kind of poke around and like, like for example, I'm looking at this guy. He's at a desk. He's thinking about like an apple. You poke um, the background of the window that he's sitting by, and then you travel into the window, and then you're like in a forest, and then you poke the picture again. And then it zooms in really close on the tree and then you poke the picture again. And then there's like a design in the bark that you didn't notice. There's like a puzzle design or something. So you can go in and out and in and out of all the pictures. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you want to try to like match them up, I guess. It's kind of hard to describe, but like sometimes that guy will need to move to a different frame. And so you need to look in another picture to see if there's anything that matches the picture that he's in. And if it is... Then you put them correctly side by side, and if that works, then he will get up from one frame and move to the next frame. So then you know, oh, okay, I did something right. Um, other times, you need to match up just random things in the background. Like at one point, 
I needed to, um, there was a rock that was falling in a picture that was in the top of the screen. And I didn't know, like, it just kept falling. Like, it would fall to the bottom, and then it would reset, and then it would fall back again, and just over and over and over. So I'm like, okay, it's this is a falling rock. What what am I doing with this? And so I was searching the other pictures, going further and further in the backgrounds, uh, pulling back and going into the foregrounds, looking around, and I found a, um, an, uh, a cage that was made of glass, and it had a little crack. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, if I, if I move this picture over, and then I put the one with the rock above it, then that rock will fall from the top frame into the bottom frame. It'll hit the cage. The cage will crack because it's made of glass. And then that's my goal, I guess. Because you don't really know what you're doing. Or you don't really know why you're doing it. You're just like, what two things go together, right? So um, I have to say, like, I this is a very intelligent game in the sense of, like, how it's put together is really smart. Like, when you finally get something to work, you're like, oh, that's really cool, this edge of this one picture matches up with this other edge. And I didn't notice it at the time, but these two things correspond. And when this goes together, then it all makes this really lovely animation. And it's almost like, I almost want to describe it as like a Swiss watch. Like, um, you know, like if you look inside the innards of a pocket watch, how there's like 42,000 little golden gears and they're all like super intricately put together. And like when one turns, like all the rest turn and everything is connected, but it's really complicated you know, like, this is, how, this is what the game feels like. It feels like there's a lot of moving pieces, and a lot of these pieces fit together, but I don't, I mean, I gotta be honest, I don't understand what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, because, like, I'm not a watchmaker, right? I just look at the parts, I can see them moving, but I don't, I don't know what the function is, and I don't know why, what this all is. Um, I know this really sounds weird, but this, it strikes me as the kind of indie game where the guy who made this clearly had something in mind. He had something he wanted to get out. Maybe he had some kind of, you know, spiritual mission or he had some kind of concept that he really was in love with, which is cool. And I mean, I'm assuming that he achieved it because he put his game out after seven years. I mean, I'm guessing he wouldn't have put it out unless it was ready because he waited this long. Why would you put it out early? Right. So, but I don't understand his message. I don't know what he's trying to tell me. I don't know what this game is all about. I mean, I, I, I don't understand the story and I'm not playing it with purpose. Like I don't have a goal in mind when I'm putting these pictures together. I'm just like, maybe this one's got something. Maybe this one's got something. Nope. What about this one? Like I'm just kind of randomly matching them up without any real goal, without any intent. And that's not satisfying to kind of just like, you know, process of elimination, brute force, go through all the pictures until two things match up. And sometimes it's just, it's really difficult because there's so many variables that sometimes you're just like, I don't know. I mean, maybe other people are smarter than me when it comes to stuff like this, but I've been stuck a few times where I'm just like, oh my God, I don't, nothing matches. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. Am I even looking at the right picture? Am I even in the right plane of the picture? Am I too deep? Am I too shallow? What's going on? And then something happens and I'm like, oh. And it's always neat when something happens because it's just like a lovely little surprise you come across, but it doesn't feel satisfying. You know, like it's not like I did it on purpose. It's just like, oh, this thing happened to line up and that worked. And then you move on. So <clears throat> I really admire the craftsmanship with which he has made this game. I mean, it is clearly a very smart game. He clearly did it with this intent. He had this goal in mind. I mean, he knew what he was doing and the pieces work when they work. But as a player who doesn't know this guy and doesn't know his philosophy and doesn't know the background of the game, 
I'm just like, oh, it's really pretty. And I just kind of like randomly poke stuff until something happens. And it, that that is that is not a satisfying um, feeling. So I don't know, man. That's I mean, what, maybe... That's what I imagine <clears throat> sex with a woman would be like. <laughs> not when I do it. But if but if that's if that's where you're coming down on it, that's totally fine. I get that. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel bad because I feel like this game should be my shit and it's just not like I got really bored and I got really frustrated and I, I was just sitting there thinking, why am I playing this? What's going on? What am I doing? I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's like somebody hands you a jigsaw puzzle full of pieces and maybe you weren't really in the mood to do that. And then you just do it anyway. It's kind of how I feel. Uh, I've got to be honest, this sounds like some pretentious Jonathan Blow ass shit right here that you're talking about. You know, that's, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring up the B word because <laughs> it's it's so loaded because, you know, I mean, I don't need to tell you. I think most people listening to this podcast probably know who Jonathan Blow is and probably know why bringing up his name is kind of a loaded thing. Um, I wasn't going to bring it up, but... Since you brought it up, yeah, I mean, <laughs> kind of. I mean, I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know. He's probably the nicest guy in the world. I have no clue who he is, and I don't know anything about him. Um, but it does kind of seem to me like this is a game made for him. And if you want to come along for the ride, that's cool. But it doesn't really seem like he's very interested in communicating what it is he's about. Or maybe maybe I just don't understand it. I don't know. But, I mean... Honestly, my gut reaction is it's really pretty, but it's really boring, and I don't feel like I'm a part of this game. I feel like I'm just looking at it. In fact, um, I think the optimal way that I would like to interact with this content is I would like for somebody to make like a Let's Play video where like they knew all the solutions and just like went through them one by one so you could see like all the cool animations and how the pieces fit together. Like just watching that I think would be pretty badass, but like playing it is just not fun. So uh i i mean i don't know anything at all seem like your jam here Corey. no this is the kind of game that i already know just from your description that this is the kind of game that even if i tried to play it i would get stuck because i'm so bad at puzzle games and games like this that i would get stuck like literally like two minutes in and i would have to go on the internet and look for a walkthrough and figure out what i was doing wrong and then if I weren't enjoying the game enough, I would. it would just become a series of that. I would get to a puzzle. I would try to solve it for 30 seconds. I would look up an online guide. I would then solve it. And then I would basically do that over and over and over again to the point where it would not be fun for me anymore. And then I would just stop. Yeah, you're probably right, man. Because honestly, I mean, I've, I think at this point, I'm probably three quarters of the way through the game. But I'm not sure that I'm going to continue because it got to a point where I just like, I don't know what's going on. There's too many moving pieces and I can't figure out what to do next. And I'm just not having fun. Like, I'm just not enjoying it. Um, if I felt like I had a purpose to what I was doing, I would stick with it more. But like the story doesn't mean anything to me. And I'm just I'm just clicking screens like I'm not really solving anything. I'm not thinking about it in a clever way. You know, it doesn't feel like a traditional puzzle. So I'm probably not going to finish it, which is, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I hate to, to bail on a game because people tell me it's really short and I suspect I'm probably almost done with it, but I just, I just don't want to play it anymore. I just don't. <laughs> so that's, I don't know. That's real talk. That's real talk right there. Um, I got one more game to talk about. I also have weekly Warframe if you want to talk about that, uh, if, if we're feeling it. Um, but I'm also playing gang beasts. Have you heard of gang beasts? 
again, I wish you could have seen my facial expression. We got to get a we got to get a webcam set up, dude, because I want to see Gang these beasts. Yes, yes, yes. Um, mm. This has been making the rounds in the indie scene. This has been an indie darling for like a couple of years now, at least a couple of years. Um, again, I don't know the guys behind it or the girls or whoever. I don't know who is making this game, but I've heard of this game for like a long time. Uh, basically, you it's it's a multiplayer game. Although you can play it as a single player, but it's a multiplayer game where you have these little squat, chubby looking colored dudes. They look like they're made of Play-Doh or something. And then you go into a level and then you pick up another dude that is not you. And then you throw him. And that's basically all you fucking do. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I know I'm being really reductive and simplistic, but like really that's all this game is. You can put different costumes on your guy. You can change his color, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, and then you go into these these environments where, I mean, sometimes there's stuff going on. Sometimes you're on top of two moving trucks. Sometimes you're near a meat grinder. Sometimes you're, um, I don't know, just like random different, different settings that you're in soccer field or something. Um, but the controls are shit. Like they're really mushy and unpredictable. And there, there's kind of controls where it's like, they're kind of physics based and you have to like one button is each hand. And so you're kind of trying to make your guy grab things and lift them and, you know, like, but it's all like rag dolly sort of. So like when you fall, you kind of flop over and then you grab somebody and then it's all weird because their body's floppy and then you kind of try to toss them, but the physics are wonky. So something weird happens. And like, that's literally all you do. I'm playing this with my son who thinks it's a riot, but like he's eight and he likes fuck around games. <laughs> like he, he and I, so, so slight divergence, slight divergence here. Um, <clears throat> I know you don't have kids, Corey, but for me, who has kids, I have two kids. It is weird to me to like an unexplainable degree that both of my sons uh, like games, but like neither one of them shares my taste in games. So like I, I'm and, it, and they don't have to like I'm not saying I need them to be just like me. Like this is not like this is not me trying to force my values on them. If they didn't like games, that would be totally fine. I wouldn't force them to play. Uh, they both do like games. My 16 year old and my eight year old. But like neither one of them likes the games that I like, and they don't like the games that they like. So, like, each each one of us has our own taste in games. In fact, I think my wife and I have more in common than, than the kids do with us, which is weird. Uh, my oldest one just likes fucking, like, League of Legends and, like, those kind of, like, competitive games. That's the only thing that he plays. Uh, what's that, um, what's that fucking really hardcore shooting game that uh, people have been playing forever? Oh, I can totally see it in my head. It's, like, the really, really super hardcore one where, um, Oh, fuck. Whatever. <clears throat> Sorry. You're not talking about, like, Counter-Strike, are you? Yes, CSGO. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Thank you. Ah, okay. So he plays that. He plays League. He plays all those, like, really intense multiplayer competitive games. I fucking hate those. Uh, I can't stand <laughs> them. He loves them. That's the only thing he fucking plays. I don't think he's ever finished. In fact, I don't think he's even played, like, a story-based game. Like, I can't remember. I, I mean, really like nothing. My other son, <laughs> my youngest son... He loves fuck around games, which are just like open world games where you can run around forever and just pick up shit and just do stupid shit. Like he just plays those all the time. <laughs> he loves those. He loves fucking around with physics. Um, he loves just like like Far Cry Primal. He will play that for like a month straight, just running around, skinning animals, running around and just jumping and just like doing nothing, like making no forward progress. <laughs> but he just likes to play those. And I fucking hate those. Like I can't stand it. And so it's weird to me that here I am totally like hardcore gamer. Like they don't really come any more hardcore than me and my wife also hardcore <laughs> gamer. And then here's my kids. And like, not like 
my wife and I have mostly the same taste, but my kids are so different. It's so weird. Um, so that's just, I mean, and it's fine. I don't begrudge them that I don't force them to play whatever, you know, whatever. I'm not making a judgment call. It's just as a parent, it's just strange that like we all play games, but nobody plays the same games. So anyway, that aside, that aside, um, my son, like I said, my youngest one likes to fuck around games. And so he likes gang beast because he's just fucks around with it. Like he runs around in the level, picks up a guy, throws him. He like laughs at the physics. He tries to do something different, throws him a different way, laughs at the physics. He gets a lot of fun out of it, which is great. I'm glad he's enjoying it. I think it's fucking boring as shit. I would rather, I would literally rather wash dishes or vacuum the floor than play this game. Like I would, any, I would fold laundry before I would play Gang Beasts again because all you're doing is just, you're just running around and throwing somebody. Controls are shit. There's not much content. It's boring. Um, you know, I mean, I get that it's supposed to be a party game. I've only played it with he and I, which is not very fun. He thinks it's fun. I don't think it's fun at all. I've had people on Twitter tell me it's only fun if you have four people, but this kind of brings me back to my old argument, which people on the show have probably heard me say before. If a game is only fun with other people, then it's not a good game. Like, if you need <laughs> other people to be fun, it's not a good game. You, there's problems there. I mean, I think that a space exists for games which are intended to be multiplayer, but there must be something there. Like, there must be something that a single player could go, oh, this was enjoyable, or oh, I really like the mechanics of this, or oh, I like the concept. Like, it can't be awful with one player and then be fun with four. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And I I mean, if somebody wants to debate me on that or somebody has an example, I mean, please uh, email us, let me know. But that's kind of my working theory, and I haven't really been proven wrong on that yet. So that kind of is applying right here. I mean, people tell me it's fun with four people. I also suspect that there are probably beers involved um, because I don't think it's fun at all, and I think it's ridiculous that I've been hearing about this game for literally years. This game has been very well spoken of people have been very much looking forward to it for a long time if you if you're in the indie circles and now that this game is here i'm like what the fuck were they doing this whole time there's like <laughs> it feels like shit to control it doesn't look fun i mean there's not much content i don't understand why this thing has been an indie darling for so long i i do not get it and i think that people who buy this are going to be disappointed so i got nothing really good to say about gang beasts uh, this seems like i mean it could be we don't have to jump off on this, but this seems like it could be a jumping off point for a discussion about where this is simply just one of those games where you are not the target audience and that is okay and the game is not for you and you don't see anything out of it and um, you can just amicably part ways and be okay with each other. I mean, I guess, and that's totally fine. I mean, there are certainly games out there that are not for me, and I'm sure there are many games that are not for you or for anybody. I mean, I think that's a thing, and that's true. But, I mean, I'm looking at this, and it's like, I don't hate fun. Like, I mean, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm a fun guy, and I'm just, like, looking at this, like, fuck, there is, like, nothing enjoyable about this. I mean, you may be entirely correct. I mean, this may just be not my jam at all, because I don't usually tend to play games like this. But I was just so curious after hearing about it for so long, and I figured if nothing else, my son and I could play it together, which we did, and he had fun. But I mean, you know, he and I have radically different tastes in games, and he's also eight. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I you know, I, 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 I was really bored the entire time I was playing this, and I just, from a design perspective and from a content perspective and comparing it to other indie games that I'm familiar with, I'm just like, why did this take so long to come out? Like, what was... What was going on? It feels like a half-done game jam game, honestly. Like, it just, technically, it is not very impressive at all. So, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess you're probably correct in saying I should probably just walk through the way, shake hands, and call it done, which I'm, I probably am going to do. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I got nothing. I can't recommend it. I don't, I don't know who this game is for. Drunk, drunk dudes at parties is who this game is for, apparently. And eight-year-olds. And eight-year-olds, yes, <laughs> who are not drunk, who are not drunk. <laughs> drunk eight-year-olds. No, no, drunk, no drunk eight-year-olds, no drunk eight-year-olds. Um, I've only got one other thing to talk about um, before we talk about random bullshit. You want to talk about uh, Warframe for a second, or are you sick of it? Uh, if you want to talk about it, I am all ears. Okay, I'll just talk really briefly. I had a pretty cool experience. Uh, the wife and I were playing, and we got together with uh, Chris, who's a guy that we group up with sometimes. Uh, I think I've mentioned him on the show before. Real nice guy, and he's been playing for a lot longer than uh, we have. So my wife and I were kind of just like uh, doing just random missions that pop up, uh, just earning some cash, earning some resources, just, you know, just whatever, just not, not real agenda to it. And Chris pops up and he's like, hey, you guys want to do a sortie? And a sortie is like the quote unquote, like end game content of Warframe. So the game never really officially ends. I mean, you can finish the story quests. There are only a finite number of story quests. But after you're done with those, you can just keep playing as long as you want. There's always new quests to do that are not story related. There's always a new gun to make. There's always a new monster to kill. I mean, there's tons of content in it. But the thing is... When you have a character, characters max out at level 30. So you cannot you cannot level a character more than 30. But the game keeps going. So like you get to the end of the game, enemy levels up to like 40, 50, 60, and you stay at 30. Like you do not advance past 30. The sortie that we were doing is a series of three missions. And these are, like I said, the, the quote unquote end game missions. So the hardest thing. They start at like 50, and on the last level that we were doing, it was like between level 80 and 100. So that's kind of like the scale of challenge that they're kind of throwing your way. And you're thinking, as I was, like, what the fuck? Like, I tap out at 30, how am I going to do a level 100 mission? So that's really where, like, the game starts to ask you to, like, consider which character you're using. What powers do you have? How is that going to interact with your teammates? And it also is the point at which you really need to start engaging with the mod system. Um, I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but when you get a piece of equipment or anything in Warframe, it's got slots that you can put these little mods into. Some of them are really super straightforward, like, you know, plus 50% damage to your gun or plus 100% to your shields or something. Uh, some of them are a little bit more exotic. They give you some crazier effects. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a wide variety of mods. So at this point, you really need to start looking at the mods you have. Like, oh, okay, I need like... I need to max out my my life. I need like a, a life multiplier. I need a shield multiplier. I need a damage multiplier. And I need special effects. I need something that negates damage that these guys are doing because these guys are level 100 and I'm level 30. They're like 70 levels above me. And that's like a lot. Like it is a lot. So I wasn't sure that we were going to be successful at all. I'm like, Chris, I don't know about this, man. I, he's like, no, 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 no. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, fine. We had some time to kill, and if we if we were going to lose, it would be no big deal. I mean, we weren't really, like, super invested anyway. So, I mean, he couldn't see us, but, like, the wife was looking at me with her face. She's like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, just, let's, let's just give it a shot. Let's see what happens. So we started the sortie, started out at level 60, and uh, it was a challenge. But, I mean, you know, we would die, and in Warframe, if one of your teammates get to you, you can revive the teammate, like, any number of times, as long as someone gets to you in time. Um, so like one of us would die, we'd revive the other one, keep going. It was tough, but it wasn't too bad. Then we got to like the level 80 and that got really hard. We were dying pretty often, but we were also close enough together where we would just keep bringing each other back. And then we had a rando join us so that we were 
a full squad of four, and he is actually, he became loaded for bears, so this rando guy was like, he was out for blood, and he was kicking a lot of ass, so we were kind of riding his coattails <laughs> a little bit, which I didn't feel too bad about, because we were backing him up too. And then we got to the level 100 mission, and that's when I was like, okay, it's done. We're not, this is over. We're not going to do this. But fortunately, it was the kind of mission where we were able to go at our own pace. We didn't need to defend a point, and we didn't need to um, toss ourselves into the meat grinder. It was a mission where we could kind of run and gun a little bit more. And since Warframes are really mobile, I mean, they can run, they can jump huge distances, glide, cling to walls. Um, we were able to use that mobility to kind of like get ourselves out of trouble. So we were doing a lot of hit and run and taking those guys out and we actually finished the entire thing. I was so shocked. So I felt really proud that we had done that and it was a challenge. I mean, it was not easy, but with all of us working together and with the equipment that we had, I mean, we were able to finish like a level hundred mission with level 30 guys and that really felt good. So, um, I would definitely do it again. The rewards we got were pretty good. Gave you a pile of cash, a bunch of resources, et cetera, et cetera. But just the feeling of like being in something that intense and working together and finishing it was really, really satisfying. So I did not think we were going to do it at all. Neither did the wife, but we did finish that fucking thing. And I, I, like I said, <laughs> I would do it again. I thought it was fun. So good times. Good. I am happy for you. Yeah, man. So there you go. That is my weekly Warframe. And I think that brings us to the end of our games content. You got anything else for games, Corey? I have nothing else for games. Okay, cool. So I, this is where we traditionally do our wrap-up, but I think we're going to just keep rolling because today is kind of a weird show. Are you okay with that, or do you want to do the wrap-up? Uh, no, we can just keep going. Okay, let's just roll. Okay, so you said you had some uh, big-time banter, dude. What is your big-time banter? All right, I actually have one and a half big-time banter. 1.5. 1.5. I'm going to start with the point five and then move fluidly into the one. So, And they're unrelated to each other, by the way. Okay. So the point five, I discovered that a couple of days ago that, uh, and I had mentioned that, I think I had mentioned this, that maybe this is going to be happening on the show before, maybe. Um, but now it is official. Um, I, and if you are in your local bookstore or library or Barnes and Noble or skate shop, and you pick up your February 2018 issue of Thrasher Magazine, which is the most popular skateboarding magazine on the planet, maybe the only skateboarding magazine on the planet, I have my first published photo in Thrasher Magazine for oh February my God. 2018. That is amazing. Congratulations, dude. I didn't know. <laughs> Thank you. I am uh, I'm very excited. I, I sent them my portfolio a few months ago because um, they have like a section called Photo Graffiti, which is basically like anything like anyone can send in pictures that they've taken and i'm i'm sure that skateboarders themselves probably send in pictures too that their friends have taken maybe um but i think the section is you know kind of equally celebrating photographers and skateboarders at the same time rather than just the skateboarders themselves or at least i like to think that so i can feel important um but i sent a i sent my portfolio into them because they have an email address on their website and um, like a day or two later, they emailed me back and they were like, hey, we really like this picture in your shot. Uh, we'd like to publish it. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll send you like a, you know, a better um, yeah, yeah, yeah. like quality version. And uh, I thought for a while that they were just going to be publishing it on their website. And I was like, oh, they'll just like publish it for a day and it won't be a big deal. And then they said something about how they were going to put it in the magazine. And I was like, oh, OK, this is like elevating into big deal status. But in the back of my mind, I kept thinking like, OK, well, 
you know, like basically I'm not going to believe it until I see it in print because like, I mean, I've worked for magazines before. Like I know how, how things go and how, you know, far out you have to plan stuff. So I'm thinking like, okay, maybe in like six months I'll end up seeing it or something. But, um, someone, one of the local skateboarders that, um, I photograph sometimes on Instagram in the New Orleans area, he had posted, uh, I guess I, even though it's only like the middle of December, I guess subscribers have already gotten their February issue, which seems, I know like subscribers get their magazines early. That seems a little bit too early for me, but I'm also not complaining because my picture is already out in the wild. Um, but he posted on Instagram, a picture of it and was like, Oh, the skate park is in this issue. Cause like I took it at the local skate park and, um, and so, like, I got really excited and went to Bar because I'm not subscribed to the magazine. I probably should be, but I went to Barnes and Noble and looked for it, and I didn't know what issue it was in. And I the February issue is not on newsstands yet, so I like bought the January issue and then like stood there in the middle of Barnes and Noble and flipped through like every single page of it and then didn't see my photograph, which made me kind of sad. But then I realized it was in the February issue, so. As soon as that hits newsstands, I will be picking it up and I'll probably subscribe to it as well. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. And like, I didn't tell the skateboarder that I had, that they had chosen his photograph cause I wanted him to be all like excited to see himself, you know, unexpected in there, which is exactly what happened. But the downside of that, that's also kind of funny is like, I, I'm not trying to act like I'm the center of attention here because like, obviously like a skateboarder being in the magazine is a big deal, but I don't think anybody in like the new Orleans skate community understands that like, I'm the reason all of this happened. Like I took the picture, I edited it, I submitted my portfolio to Thrasher and then they chose it, um, you know, based on, you know, several things, but like, it's not like they just happened to see the picture in the wild and we're like, Oh, we're going to publish this. And I think that that's something that like, I don't know. People don't understand. It's kind of selfish of me to like think that, but, uh, I think a lot of like the skateboarders, including the guy who's published himself, maybe just think that like, they just like happened upon it and published it. But really like, if it weren't for me, none of that would have happened, but either way, I'm really excited. I can't wait to pick up the February issue as soon as it's out in stores and buy like three copies and look at my picture in a magazine, my first published magazine photo i'm very excited that is fantastic i am super excited for you i will also buy that issue let me know when it's out i'll keep an eye out i'll tell gina when she wakes up in the morning that is super super exciting i'm really glad for you dude because that shows like when you set out to do something and as long as you just do it like you can get there like i mean here you are you know you were just a dude i mean you're still just a dude but you know you go out you take pictures you know we talked about you sending in you did and now look you're fucking published dude that's amazing <laughs> Uh, so really, yeah, this, really, I, I take credit for this, honestly, because it was me that pushed you to do it. <laughs> really, it's all thanks to me. So it's OK. You can you can send me something nice. It's fine. All right. I'll have to send you like a, a fruit basket or something. I would love that. House. I would love that. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, I am super happy. I'm super proud of you. That is amazing. I will uh, for sure buy that issue when it comes out and I will show it to everybody that I know. And I'll be like, I know the guy that took this picture. He's famous now. I knew him way back when. <laughs> famous, hardly. <laughs> well, that is super exciting. And you said this was your point five. This was not your one. That was my point five. Wow, that was pretty big. I thought that was like a one. If that was a point five, what is your one? Um, I feel kind of silly bringing up my number one banter on the show because I haven't really talked about this at all. But... I mean, there's no time like the present to discuss it, and I it is the most significant thing that has happened to me in the past week, uh, 
with not a whole lot of ceremony surrounding it, as you will find out as I delve into the details of it. Um, but Patrick and I got married. Oh my God, you didn't say anything about it. Ah, oh, you bastard. You should have said something. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. I Me not saying anything about it reflects how much of, like, how much of not a thing I wanted this to be. Like, this wasn't like a big. Oh my God. It's like, gotta hullabaloo. be a thing. How amazing and exciting. I am so happy for you, dude. You should have said something. <laughs> I would have sent you. I would have sent you a fucking fruit basket. I would have sent you something. <laughs> uh,. Maybe the lack of fruit baskets will now cancel each other out on both of our parts. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, so tell... Okay, so I, I wasn't even sure you guys were even thinking about this. You haven't really talked about it much, and I didn't want to pry. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to be that, like, that guy... Or, you know, not... Do want to be like your mom was like, you guys getting married, or what are you doing? What's your intentions? What's going on? Um, so so do tell. Back us up a little bit. Tell us how long you guys been together, and how long you've been thinking about it, uh, what happened, the whole thing, whole thing. Go, oh, go for boy. it. Go, come on, go. Okay, okay, so I'll try to make this short, because like I said, I don't want to make this into a thing. Um, but, I mean, basically, Patrick and I have been together for coming up on 10 years, which is a really long time. And uh, we met in college in marching band. I was on the drum line. He was a saxophone player. He is one, like, grade uh, higher than me, but he's only six months older than me, six months to the day, as a matter of fact. And... Um, we met in marching band. We have been in a relationship for almost 10 years. Uh, we have been living together, officially living together, for probably like eight or seven or eight of those 10 years, um, unofficially for probably like nine and a half of those 10 years. And um, I mean, obviously, we're like in deep in our relationship. Like we moved, we both moved to Omaha together from our college town because he got a job. Then we both moved here together. And, like, getting married is one of those things that we always, like, knew we were going to do, but we just, like, we didn't really, like, need to be married, I guess. Like, we just kind of, like, I don't know. We didn't need it. We just kind of knew we would at some point. And, um, and that's kind of how it happened. I mean, we didn't really want to make a big thing out of it, and we also didn't want to spend a lot of money. As I get farther in the story, I'll understand that we spent, like, literally the least amount of money we could to do this. So... Uh, you know, he texted me about a month and a half ago, which this is not going to sound romantic at all, but this is just the way we do things. Um, and he was like, Hey, we should probably like get married. Um, and I was like, yeah, we should like maybe do that if you want to start doing that. Um, so like I downloaded marriage license forms off the internet and, uh, filled them out. Like we both filled them out and we had to take them into like the city because people who aren't married, I don't think they realize this. And it's probably like a state for state thing, but, um, you have to like, you know, apply for the marriage license and take it to like the city, like courthouse or whatever. And they have to like fill it out and get it like, you know, officially done. And you like pay X amount. And then you only have a certain amount of days. Like in Louisiana, you, after you get your marriage license, uh, processed, you have to wait three days unless you have a judge waive it. And then after that three days, you only have a month to get married. So we got everything filled out. We had our marriage license. We could have gotten married at any point, but we're both kind of busy. Like, you know, I was out in Atlanta for a weekend and we're also both procrastinators. So like last week we were like, wow, we really like ha probably have to do this this weekend because like we are going to be out of town next weekend and we really don't have any time left. So our marriage license expire or was going to expire on Sunday as in like yesterday, um, at 11.59 p.m., 
And we got married at like one o'clock PM yesterday. So we were like nearly at the last minute. The way we did it, um, we uh, got in contact with a justice of the peace. Do they have justices of the peace in Washington, Brad? Um, I don't think they do, but I know, I mean, they are still in some states. I, I mean, there, there may be one here, but not in Seattle, I don't think. Okay, well, like, I mean, basically for anybody who doesn't know, a justice of the peace is like an elected official who handles like small claims kind of things. Um, and they can do like one of their things they can do is weddings. So I think in the Louisiana area, in my area, there's like seven of them. So there's like plenty to choose from. But finding information on them is surprisingly difficult. Um, but I settled on one, uh, the only woman justice of the peace or female justice of the peace in the area. Uh, I wanted her to do it. And I called her office last week and basically kind of set it up, uh, very last minute because the, her clerk was like, Oh, well she's available Wednesday. And I was like, uh, well, um, actually our marriage license is going to expire in like two days. So if at all possible, we need to do this as soon as possible, thinking that, you know, she was going to laugh in my face and it wasn't going to happen and we were going to have to get our license renewed and all that. But uh, luckily, uh, she called me herself, Justice uh, Michelle P. Holmes uh, called me, and uh, we discussed uh, time to do it. She called me on Thursday, and the funny thing is, like, she called me on Thursday afternoon, and she, like, literally could have done it that night. She was like, okay, well, like, do you want me to come by tonight and do it? Because basically, like, they come to you unless you have a different setting um, in mind, and I couldn't do it Thursday because, like... Um, you know, Patrick was at work and I didn't want to rush it that much. So we set, we ended up setting Sunday as the day to do it. And, um, she came over here yesterday at about 1230 ish. And, uh, a couple, some of Patrick's work friends who we know, um, uh, a guy that he's friends with named Weston, who I know pretty well at this point and his other uh, coworker, Philip and his wife, uh, Brittany, who I like, I love both of them. They're great people. Um, they came over and we just had like a really short wedding in our living room where she just kind of read over some stuff with us. Um, and, uh, she very unexpectedly asked us to like say some, like some vows. Cause we didn't really have anything prepared. We were kind of trying to do it as quickly as possible. And, uh, I thought I was going to be like a cool cat through the whole thing. And I ended up crying like the whole time and yeah. like, right. Whenever I had to say something and, um, and then we signed the papers and we don't even have rings. Like we're married and we don't even have rings. That's how quick and cheap we did this. So we're like going to get rings in the future. Um, but yeah, like as of like a day and a half ago, we are married, but we are still working on getting like the, the license notarized. Cause like she had to take the certificate and then she gets it like notarized and then we have to go pick it up from her. Um, but we're married, uh, no rings yet, and literally as fast, as cheap as we could possibly do it. But um, all that stuff will come later, I, I reckon. Wow. Well, I number one, congratulations. I am so happy for you. That is awesome. I'm really glad <laughs> that you, you found someone that you would want to do that with. I mean, marriage is a big step, and, you know, it really shows your commitment and love for someone. So I am super, super happy for you. Uh, number two, I want you to send me a picture. You, you took pictures, right? Uh, Weston took a video of the whole thing and the woman, there was a woman, I don't know if she was like an assistant or if she was just like a friend or something, but, uh, another woman came with the justice to help her out and she took pictures. Um, and that's it. Cause like we didn't, I mean, literally I cannot stress to you that we did it as fast and as cheap as possible. Like no, like nobody, I don't think Philip or Brittany took pictures. Uh, Weston only took a video clip and like 
that's pretty much it because I didn't like, I didn't want to make this a thing. And like, this is like, like, this is why I didn't tell anybody that I was doing it because like, I don't, I don't want it to be a thing. Like, I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want everybody to ask me 6,000 questions. Like Patrick's friend was in town a couple weekends ago and we were out eating and we were talking about it. And like Patrick had this idea because there's places in New Orleans where you can just like go, it's kind of like Las Vegas where you can just like go and like get married in like a silly chapel and they have like sure, char- sure. that like characters you can get married by like Elvis and stuff. And I told him I was like I don't want to do that because I don't want our wedding to look like an amusement park ride, but I do want to do it quickly. And like his friends started like looking up like she was looking up like you know oh well let's talk about the reception if you guys want to do that in the future and like how many people do you think you're going to invite she was like trying to average out prices and i was like this is literally exactly what i'm trying to avoid because as soon as you tell someone you're getting married they start inserting themselves into your life to try to plan things for you and like that's exactly why i didn't want this to be a thing and like <laughs> i haven't even told my mom that i got married yet so like this is like uh, oh man you got to tell your mom I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I mean, she knows that it was going to happen because I called her to get, uh, to tell her that we were applying for the license because I had to put some of her information on it. Um, but she didn't know it happened. Uh, but whenever I get home for Christmas, it's going to be like, a, oh, we're sitting down to Christmas dinner. Oh, by the way, I got married. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> oh my God. Um, BT dubs. Yeah. Married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it'll be, she's not gonna be like mad. I think it'll be fine. But I, uh, it's, I just like cannot stress how much of, how much of a, like, even though I'm talking about this at length on the podcast right now, I can't stress enough how much of a big deal I don't want to make this and how, like, you know, it's obviously it's nice to get married. It's something I wanted to do, but I don't need, like, to put on a song and dance and to put on a show and to spend, like, $20,000. And, I mean, well, we're going to have a reception at some point in the future, um, you know, just like a post-wedding thing for everybody to come to, but... Like, it doesn't have to be a thing. Like, the marriage is between me and Patrick. It's about, you know, spending 10 years together already. It's about, you know, loving each other and wanting to spend the rest of our lives together and all of that. It's not about, it's not about everybody else. And that's the way that I wanted it. And that's, as far as we've gotten, that's pretty much the way it was. So, I'm, I mean, yeah, we weren't, you know, in rented suits in front of 200 people at an altar getting married. But that's not really what I wanted. So, uh, I think it was pretty successful well you know what buddy i totally feel you on that i 100 percent feel that for sure for sure um <clears throat> just to share a little brief anecdote um for me uh, and again congratulations i'm super happy i uh, words cannot <laughs> cannot uh encompass how happy i am for you i'm gonna tell gina tomorrow <laughs> she's gonna freak out uh, i'm gonna have to send you something so i we will talk about this after the show after the recording um uh, but well, yeah i mean i i hear you because um when Gina and I met, uh, we had been through some shit and we had had a number of scars and been through some ups and downs. And by the time that we got together, like each one of us pretty much knew what we wanted in a partner. And that happened to be each other. Like we knew it pretty quickly. So when we decided to get married, we didn't want to have, uh, have that be a big deal either. So, uh, we waited until my son, uh, my oldest son, who was really quite young at that time, uh, we waited till he was coming t- uh, to visit us because he lives in Hawaii. Uh, he came to visit, and we didn't tell anybody, but we went down to the local courthouse. We did the same thing you said. You got the marriage license, filed that sucker, uh, found a judge. He waived the waiting period, and we just got married, and it was her and I and my son, and that was it. And um, he was really too young to really tell anybody because he, I mean, he, you know, he was there, but he wasn't really like, 
super down with what was going on. He was like, I think he was probably like five or four or something like that. <laughs> so he had a cute little outfit on, but he didn't really, you know, he didn't really quite grok it. Um, and we didn't tell anybody. Um, we didn't tell anybody that we had been married. And um, later on when we had like told everybody that we were, you know, quote unquote, going to get married. I mean, it was just like you said. I mean, people wanted to have their fucking input and, you know, we had a ceremony. I mean, it wasn't huge, but I mean, it was definitely to do. And it was it was really stressful. And it was like a lot of time and a lot of money. And it like basically consumed our lives for like a year. And I couldn't wait to be fucking done with it all. Um, <laughs> so I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Like I makes perfect sense but nobody knew that we were already married by the time that we actually got married and that was i think the perfect thing for us to do because we did what was right for us and we were already happy and together and then um, everybody else got to come and you know you know whatever whatever demons they needed to exercise by showing up at a wedding uh reception (laughs) they got to do that too and you know it was it was all fine so i i think you did the right choice i i support you and your decision i'm happy for you and i think that's great so good for you man very happy Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, the only problem with all this now, Corey, is that anything I say is going to sound like stupid and petulant because you <laughs> you totally dropped like your, your <laughs> the biggest thing that you could drop on the fucking podcast. And all my shit's like dumb and worthless now. I can't I can't say anything. I cannot follow well, just that. Think of how 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 non celebratory I wanted this to be and then just roll with that into whatever you have to say next. <laughs> Oh, geez. Okay. Well, major come down regardless. Um, uh, let me, oh, let me start with, um, just a really quick thank you. Um, I meant to thank, uh, super fan Joshua Jackson last episode, but for people who listened to the last episode, you know that I, uh, my work gave me a call like right as we were finishing. And I actually had a whole list of random topics. I had a bunch of notes. We were going to go through it and just get that stuff on my plate. Um, number one, I lost all my notes because I was rushing out the door. I accidentally deleted the document. So those notes are gone forever. I guess that's a really quick way to get rid of those. Uh, so I guess apologies to everybody who was waiting to hear those topics. I'm so sorry, but I, got, I just fucking deleted them. <laughs> um, but one thing that I did remember was that uh, Superfan Joshua Jackson sent me a very lovely Christmas present. Um, it was exactly what I wanted. It was just the right thing. It was very sweet of him, and I really appreciated it very much. Um, I will talk about it more in the future, uh, but right now I just wanted to make sure that I did get that out because I meant to say it last time, didn't get a chance, but thank you, Joshua. That was very nice of you, and I really appreciate it uh, very, very much, sir, so thanks. Um, very lovely. Uh, otherwise, uh, I have some TV shows to talk about, but maybe instead of talking about TV shows, maybe we should talk really quickly about Game of the Year stuff. You want to talk about that for like a second? Uh, yeah, I am partially unprepared for this discussion but we could just hash it out as we go yeah i did nothing really formal um i was just trying to think we should probably like do that pretty soon like an actual game of the year show uh because the year's almost over and we haven't really done that yet (laughs) so um i was gonna see if you wanted to do what we did last time which was we basically just picked 10 games and we ran through them i think if memory serves, mine were in numerical order. Like, I actually counted down from 10 to 1. Did you do that last year, or did you not? Uh, surely I did it, if you did it, too. Maybe. I don't I don't recall. Um, so you want to do that again? Do the, the 10, 10 countdown, 10 to 1, and then um, maybe do some honorable mentions if we feel like it. Maybe some rando things if we feel like it, but basically just uh, get those out there. Yeah, I think top 10 sounds good. I definitely want to do some, like... And maybe you and I'll have to put our heads together to think of some categories, but do like just maybe like three or four like offshoot categories that 
for maybe just an excuse to talk about games that aren't in our top 10 or like, you know, notable things. I don't even, I can't even think of a category off the top of my head that I would put in this or, you know, most like disappointing game or something like that. Um, just to like get a few extra things out there. But, um, yeah, I'm good with top 10, I think. All right. Do you think you want to do it like next week or you want to wait till actually the end of the year? I think we have like what, two weeks left in the year or something like that. Uh, I mean, we have about a week and a half left in the year. The problem for me is that I'm going to be out of town all of next week. And I literally, I'm not even saying this to be like a jerk, but I literally do not think I'm going to have any time to record because I'm going to be like, and for two days, I'm going to be in one city and two days, I'm going to be in the next city. Two days, I'm going to be in the next and the next and the next. And then I'm going to be coming back. Um, Unless I can find some way to like set up some kind of recording situation on the road. Um, so we might have to wait a couple of weeks because I won't be I'm leaving this Friday to go out of town and I will not be back until January 1st. And then I have friends coming in town like two days after that. So uh, we're going to have to plan this very carefully. Oh, man. OK. OK. So. All right. That sounds like something to think about. Um, not entirely terrible because there's still one or two games I was kind of toying with the idea of playing um, before the end of the year, and I wasn't really sure how much time I had. But if that's the case, maybe I can squeak in maybe one or two more. We'll see. Uh, okay, that sounds fine. So just standard. And then I was also going to say, did you want to maybe ask the, the listeners if they wanted to send in maybe like a top three or something like that? Oh, yeah, that's not a bad idea just to get some some outside input. Yeah, we just, you know, we usually ask for some feedback, use a couple, uh, read those things off. I was curious to see what our, our readers are playing, and I think that our readers are people of uh, taste taste and uh, refinement. I'd be very curious to see what caught their attention this year. Uh, my only rule is that <laughs> is that if Near Automata appears anywhere in your top three, just don't bother sending in your top three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. I was listening to a podcast today. I'm not going to name uh, which one it was. It's one of my favorites, though. And they were just like endless love for Nier. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I feel uh, so conflicted because I loved the first Nier so much. I was like one of its staunchest defenders. I went to bat for that game so many times, carried the torch for that game for so long. And then now that uh, Automata or Automata or whatever comes out and I just like I'm so bored by it. And I was just like, oh, my God, I have like no time for this game. And everybody on Earth is just like. Best game ever, best game ever. Oh my god, game of the year. And I'm like, oh Jesus. It's like it's like some kind of weird ironic torture, but I didn't really do anything to deserve it. <laughs> so, okay, all right. So I guess if you are listening this far, listeners, then you are a true listener, you are a true fan. If you want to send true us your listener. top three, go ahead. But you but, but as Corey said, no near. Do not put near on your top three nah, list. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yes, you're free to do whatever you like for your top three. Send us your top three. We'll read that off on the show. Um, and I think that'll probably be a whole show. I mean, with with me having 10 games, you having 10 games, a couple of weird categories and some reader contributions, I think that sounds like a show to me. So you want to slot that for like two or three weeks out? Uh, yeah, I'm all in favor of doing it like, um, like maybe like a week or two into January because I, I have this problem where, and this is like in in life, like especially when it comes to like movies and stuff where, I mean, this weird thing happens where in the video game sphere, I've probably talked about this on the show maybe more than once. I'm, you've maybe talked about this on the show more than once. We're like, you know, like the, the uh, video game awards, that was like two or three weeks ago, like at the beginning of December. 
And like all of these, you know, big publications and websites and big video game websites have been putting out their like top five and top 10 lists and putting out their games of the year. Um, like in like, you know, for the past couple weeks and not like I'm in favor of, you know, how like the Oscars they're in like March, like they like let the year wrap up. They let the year get going into the next year. And then they have their awards. And like, I'm not saying that I wouldn't do like our game of the year show in March, but like, I'm all in favor of the idea of letting the year breathe a little bit and giving like a week or two to possibly catch up on games that, um, you know, that we haven't played or maybe some stuff that we've been trying to get to rather than trying to like rush out game of the year stuff. Like at the beginning of December, like I would rather just let the year have its year and then like talk about it shortly after. And it just confuses me how in the video game sphere, like people, I mean, I guess maybe there's not that many games coming out like during the last three weeks of December, but even so, like people not quite letting the year finish before they like jump on their game of the year shit. They're just like really trigger happy about it. And it kind of drives me nuts a little bit. Yeah, I, I hear that for sure. I mean, you never know because I mean, I have actually in the last week or two have significantly changed my top 10 list <laughs> um i had a couple games that i did not see coming and they ended up being really really noteworthy and um worthy of praise so yeah i mean i think you're true if, if if you close out your year early there's a very good chance you might be missing something in those last couple weeks i know not always i mean sometimes nothing comes in but you know there's always something that could sneak in under the wire and i mean also, I mean, I think it's fair to say that I don't think anybody has played every single game that was noteworthy this year. There's just not enough time. So, uh, you know, there's always um, the option to take those last couple weeks and play something that you just haven't gotten to. So that's very fair. Uh, that sounds good. We can go ahead and do that. So maybe we will record our game of the show, uh, game of the show year or game of the year show <laughs> sometime in January after after 2017 has fully wrapped. So that sounds like a plan. Sounds like we're good to go on that. And uh, yeah, all right. Any, anything else you want to toss in about that? Uh, I don't think so. I, actually, I lied. There's one small thing. Um, I think I did this last year, and you might have done it too, but I think it's important to um, list. I'm pretty sure I did this last year whenever we went through the top 10, that before we got into the list, I uh, explicitly stated um, well-regarded games that I did not play that year. Um, because like this year, like, uh, Breath of the Wild and Super Mario are not going to be on my top 10. And that's because I haven't played them. And I think it's important uh, that you and I both, like, if there's a game that's, like, sweeping game of the year list that we both say, like, okay, well, the reason why this isn't on my list is because I didn't play it, not because I played it and hated it. Um, so that's, uh, I think, my last bit of input. I'm pretty sure we did that last year, but I uh, definitely want to keep that in mind for this year, too. Yeah, I mean, we can do a blanket. I mean, we if you have specific ones in mind, for sure. But God, like for me, that's like too many games to even list. I mean, I, I was <laughs> listening to um, a, a Game of the Year show today, and like literally every game they picked was not on my list. And I'm like, I mean, I had played some of them. Some of them I hadn't, but like it was just like game after game of like totally not my list at all. So, I mean, if I was to list every game that I wanted to play, shit, that'd be like 20 or 30 games, dude. But yeah, we can do that for sure, especially the big ones. I mean, I'm sure there are some really noteworthy um but uh, I will also say there's going to be a lot of games that are not on my list because I didn't fucking like them. <laughs> so we can cover that as well, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I'm on board. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yay. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, I had a bunch of other random shit, but whatever. I'll save it for next time. Um, it's kind of uh, too little too late at this point. I'll save it for next time when we uh, start out with smaller banter because the banter got big. 
We had big banter this year. It, it got was, big. It got real big, so that was too much. You can't follow that. <laughs> so I don't know about you, man, but I think uh, we're probably in a good place to wrap it. What do you say? Uh, I am okay with that if you are. All right, cool. Let's do that. I will go ahead and uh, scroll down to the end of the script. I know we kind of did this in a weird order, but whatevs. All right, folks, if you're still listening, thank you for listening. And this brings us to the end of the show. Remember, oh, no, I can't read the script because this doesn't apply anymore because we already did the banter. Whatever. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> if you want to send us some feedback, so podcast at gmail.com or at gamecritics.com when the show goes up. Or you can hit us up uh, on Twitter at SoVideoGames. And you can reach us individually. Corey, where are you at on Twitter? I am. My Twitter handle is my first and last name, C-O-R-E-Y-M-O-T-L-E-Y. And I am my name, Brad Galloway, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's, not a single O in my name. And that brings us to the end of a wild and crazy So Video Games. We will be (laughs) back next week, maybe? Because you're going to be on the road? Yeah, I... I mean, I know we try to stick to our never miss a show week, but next week is going to be insane for me. So I can't make any promises, but at the very least, we'll be back maybe like the first week of January. Oh, God. Is this going to be the first week we've ever missed? Well, I mean, I have a lot of shit going on next week. I'm going to be on the road a lot. So uh, I just I don't think it's realistic for me to be like, oh, Patrick, can I set up my computer in your mom's house and, like, record a show and edit it whenever I'm also trying to, like, enjoy <laughs> my holiday trip? You know what I mean? Like, well, so I don't know. I don't you know. Could, maybe, don't you know. could maybe ask her. I don't know. Maybe I mean, I know I could. <laughs> the question I'm, is, do, I'm totally do fucking I want with you, to? Dude. I'm totally <laughs> fucking with you. It's totally fine. That's fine. We're human. Um, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, you're totally entitled to a vacation and to enjoy the holidays. Uh, with your with your family or the people that you choose to spend it with. So we will see. We may have a show next week. Maybe not. Uh, but if not, we will definitely be back in two weeks. Uh, so stay tuned. Also, please feel free to check in with us on Twitter or email, and we will fill you in. So, uh, and on that cliffhanger, this is the end of another So Video Games, uh, and this is bye from Brad. And bye from Corey. We will see you guys uh, in a week or maybe two weeks. We'll see. Bye.